Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. USCHO.com. This is the USCHO Game of the Week podcast from U.S. College Hockey Online at USCHO.com. An in-depth look at this week's top college hockey matchup and a preview of the other big games. Welcome to the USCHO Game of the Week podcast being recorded Thursday, November 7th. I'm Ed Trefsker alongside Jim Connolly. And Jim, our Game of the Week has Minnesota Duluth for a pair at Denver. Joining us now to talk about the Game of the Week uh, Minnesota Duluth's beat writer for the Duluth News Tribune. You can also find him on the Rink Live. They are kind of all like the the USCHO or the frozen tundra, if you will. Uh, it's Matt Wellens. And Matt, uh, welcome into the, the show. Uh, welcome back. We usually see you at Frozen Fours, but uh, midseason this works as well. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's kind of fitting that we're doing a, a rare early season because Denver and, and UMD uh, this early, uh, we usually don't see that. So. Uh, it's an interesting way for uh, NCHC play to start for both these teams, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, you know, obviously they'll play again later in the season, but uh, it does feel like these two teams play a lot later, almost designed because they have been near the top of the league. You want some of the better matchups in the second half, but you're going to get to see probably these two teams play each other uh, when maybe they're not as fresh. And then when maybe they are, you know, as seasoned as they can be, uh, to this point in the season, Duluth, they have been, I, I don't want to call them a hit or miss team because I think they've played a difficult schedule, but they have not maybe had the consistency that their coach, Scott Sandlin, wants. Uh, what are your early thoughts on this team? I think, you know, as much in the offseason and, and the preseason here, we talked about how similar this team was, um, and, and they are in goal with Hunter Shepard and on the back end with with five of their six defensemen back, but, but up front, um, they're still feeling things out up there and, and, you know, they struggled offensively in their first four games of the season. Uh, Jimmy, you saw it, uh, you know, when Lowell was in Duluth, um, and then man against Wisconsin, um, the Bulldogs really, uh, struggled with the Badger speed and, and, and going on the road there. Uh, you know, just, uh, what was it? Seven goals there in the first four games, um, they weren't getting a lot of uh, offensive uh, production from anyone up front. Scott Perenovich was was Scott Perenovich. He, he was great, even though he kind of tweaked his back a little bit against Wisconsin. Uh, he looked uh, fine. He was once again Scott Perenovich against uh, the Gophers in the sweep there. But you know they're still feeling things out up front, and they've had some injuries at forward that that haven't helped them either. Tanner Latteru, um went down against Wisconsin. Quinn Olson wasn't in that series. Um, it was interesting to see the depth that we've, you know, seen from UMD in the last two title runs here. And, and then going back to even when they played Denver, when they lost to Denver for the national championship, depth at forward um, has been strong for them. They've been able to roll four lines. They weren't able to do that, I feel, in those first four games. They were kind of a two-line team. But Tanner Latteru is going to be back this weekend against Denver. Um, Quinn Olson 
man, just, just getting him back, a, a freshman out of um, uh, Calgary, Alberta, uh, played for Okotoks in the AHL last year. I just like to say Okotoks. That's why I always like to throw that in there for Quinn. Um, he's a Boston Bruins draft pick. Uh, he, he, he's a fun, fun kid to watch, and, and he adds uh, some depth right away uh, back in the lineup. Jimmy, I think you saw him in that Friday game against Lowell. So um, it'll be interesting to see how the Bulldogs match up with Denver this weekend because the Pioneers are – we didn't see this last year. They're scoring a lot, and, and I'm still not sure UMD can be a high-scoring team and, and put up, you know, four or five goals a night. Yeah, that is a big part of it is finding a way to score. And, and I, you know, I guess you never really want a defenseman leading your team in scoring. And, and with uh, Perenovic, he is just such a phenomenal player. Um, but I, the one thing I notice about him, and I'd like your take on it, is having watched him develop from the player he was um, as a freshman to a sophomore, now as a junior, he feels like he understands both ends of the ice better. Um, he's always seemed to have a little bit of offensive flair, but uh, he seemed to be a 200-foot defenseman to, to the tee uh, the weekend I saw him out there to open the season. Uh, is that uh, an accurate assessment of his improvement this season? Oh yeah, I think so. And, and I think what helped him get to that point was being injured for, for, you know, the end of last season, he had a back injury that, that was holding him back. It prompted a lot of the, the questions of, you know, what, you know, what's wrong with, with Scott Frenovich, what's going on there. And um, I think he was trying to, as best he could <laughs> conceal that back injury. Didn't want people to know what was going on until I believe this summer, finally someone in the St. Louis St. Louis Blues organization actually let that one out of the bag that, that he had been dealing with a back injury. Um, that was the specifics of the injury. But I think that, you know, that forced him to, to rethink his, his style of play. He wasn't able to be that speed demon um, weaving in and out of forwards and defensemen and, and driving to the net and then being the, the offensive uh, defenseman that he was, it forced him to kind of sit back and be a defensive player. Um, Talking to Scott Sandlin, you know, I asked him that in the preseason. Did that injury make him a better player? And he said, Perenovich didn't think so, but but, but I did. Um, and I think we're definitely seeing it now, uh, Jimmy. He is a, a really solid, uh, you know, 200-foot defenseman. Still just as dangerous, though, offensively. Maybe even more dangerous offensively because he can – he's got a little more patience and – and knows what he sees out there more. He's not taking as many of the, the crazy risks that we saw the freshman year. As fun as it was to watch, um, you know, Scott try and weave through, you know, five uh, opposing players. Uh, he's a little better than that now. The, the problem, he just, UMB still developing the weapons up front because the grading Perenovich, I don't necessarily, I've not been one to, you know, go totally on how many goals he's scoring. It's the assists that really matter because he's not a, he can score goals, but he, he's definitely a better playmaker than goal scorer. Let's talk goaltending Hunter Shepard, the senior goaltender for Duluth. He, uh, if people just look at the overall statistics so far this season, they're going to say what's happened to Hunter Shepard. But outside of that one game, at Wisconsin with six goals against, it seems like he's been doing pretty well. How is he looking so far? Chef's been pretty good. I mean, there's a few goals he's been hard on himself for. Um, yeah, Wisconsin really uh, lit lit the Bulldogs up there that six-goal night. 
uh, they were really able to, uh, they, they found the holes in, in the Bulldogs coverage and, um, you know, defensively, well, those five defensemen, I think, uh, that are back have, have been playing well. Nick Wolf, Scott Perenovich, Dylan Sandberg, Louis Rail, Matt Anderson. Um, you know, up front again, uh, that group of forwards, I don't think were very good defensively either. And, and that led to, man, a lot of odd man breaks, a lot of odd man rushes. Um, and part of that is just the Badgers are able to do that to you. Um, they can create those chances. And we saw a little bit, Lowell did a little bit of it, uh, I thought too, in, in the opening weekend and, and the Gophers kind of as well that group you know Shepard always says he's only as good as the guys in front of him he's as modest of a goalie as as you're ever going to find out there um and and i you know maybe the last few weeks these first few weeks of of this season have proved it uh when he doesn't have strong defensive presence at forward you know i think of parker mckay and and carson coolman yeah those go those guys the previous captain scored a you know, big clutch goals, but they were also really, really strong play, uh, forwards defensively as well. Um, and I don't know if UMD has, you know, Justin Richards is, can be a, is a good, you know, 200 foot player. Um, Jackson Cates can be that, but, but there's some other guys that probably up front need to step up their play, you know, defensively as well, as well as scoring wise. Meanwhile, the opponent this weekend, Denver freshman phenom Magnus Krona, Seven games, two shutouts, off to a pretty good start. What kind of things are you hearing about him and and generally overall about uh, Minnesota Duluth's opponent, Denver, this weekend? Yeah, I think, you know, one person brought up that, uh, you know, Magnus, he, he's a big goalie uh, and, he, and he's playing like a big, big goalie. He's using his, his entire body to, to not, uh, there's not a lot of room to shoot against him. He, he does a really good job protecting uh, that net that he's been a really, really solid, uh, pickup for, for Denver. Uh, and, and, and the other guy they got too, his name escapes me right now. Um, <laughs> he also picked out a, picked up a shutout in, in, in his one appearance. So, um, that was a big question mark we all had for Denver going into the season, right? It was, it was their, you know, another year of losing goaltending. Um, what was that going to be? You're, you're just never sure sometimes, especially when a freshman comes in whether they can um, handle the college level and uh, Denver's got it right now. And then man, out of the blue, we're, we're seeing a team that can, that can score um, what they're averaging four plus goals a game right now. So, um, you know, Scott Sandlin said in his uh, weekly press conference today on Wednesday that, you know, hands down, he said they are the best team in the country right now. No question. They are, they are number one. Um, and he even said, you know, he, he thought, they were his pick to, to win the, the, the NCHC at the, at the start of the year. He thought they were the favorites, not them. Um, maybe, maybe hindsight, I guess, uh, bringing it up now that, than earlier is, is a little different. But uh, Denver's, Denver's been really solid. This is going to be a tough test. Um, you know, we've seen this series open up a little bit. What was the, the joke? I always was, you know, 2-1, but you didn't know who was going to have two and who was going to have one um, in, in these games. But the series has opened up a little bit, you know, the Bulldogs won three, nothing in the NCHC semifinals last year. Uh, they had, um, they had a five, two win in, in, in Duluth last year, but I, I wouldn't be shocked, especially on Friday. If, uh, we go back to the, you know, the one goal games of old between Denver and, and UMD as, the, as they try and feel each other out. 
obviously dilute two national championships in a row, but one thing you can find about both of those teams, neither one of them started gangbusters. And here we are in three and three. Uh, I don't want to say that that's a blueprint for any team. Nobody wants to come out and, you know, maybe not meet expectations early, but I also remember uh, legendary BU coach, Jack Parker saying, my team doesn't play well till February because I screw them up for four months. Uh, is this a case that this is always a team and maybe a Scott Sandlin approach that the team doesn't always have to start great, but it always tries to finish great? Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, the the team, the first team to win the national title was definitely that. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, last year, I thought UMD started out uh, pretty good with, um, looking back now, sweeps of Michigan Tech and and Maine and, and Notre Dame and Colorado College. They had that rough opening weekend against Minnesota, though. Um, you know, one thing Scott does, Scott Sandlin does, is he does tweak those forward lines. Um, he, he, heck, in the exhibition, he he was tweaking the defensive pairings. He he kind of experiments a, a little bit at times. You know, he broke up Nick Wolf and Scott Perenovich for the exhibition and then went immediately back to them again uh, once the regular season started. He does this sometimes in, in the first half. He mixes and matches the forward lines. And I don't always agree with him when he does that. I'm I'm very much... You know, again, I'm a hockey writer, so what do I think? Scott's the three-time national championship coach, so, um, but he he tinkers a little bit instead of just going with what works. And um, you know, last year you thought they had a decent lineup in in the first half, and then he, he mixed it up at, at the start of the second, and that's what they uh, ran with and went on that great run there. So, I think this year especially, he has no choice but to tinker with these forwards to try and figure out you know, who works with who and, and yeah, the Cates brothers are, are Jackson and Noah are phenomenal together, but you know, maybe there is something, you know, maybe putting Noah Cates with Justin Richards and Nick Sweeney opens things up a little more. Um, so I think you're going to probably see tweaked lines again. Um, I think they want to get Quinn Olson. He was playing third, fourth line against the, the Gophers. I think they'd like to get him into the, one of the top two lines there. I think they're hoping Kobe Roth and Cole Kepke, can, can step up and, and be, uh, you know, top six forwards after playing more of the, you know, that bottom six role before. So I think some of that is where we see these offensive struggles early from UMD. Um, you know, it probably goes back to Jack Parker's maybe the, you just can't resist tweaking and seeing, you know, wondering what works and what doesn't. So once they get the right combinations figured out, I, I think that's when you'll see the, Bulldogs uh, offense start clicking a little more. They're not going to average four goals a game, but you know maybe they can get to two or three. Well, it should be a great weekend of hockey. Minnesota Duluth will host the nation's number one team, Denver, both Friday and Saturday night at Amsoil Arena in Duluth, Minnesota. And, and Matt Wellens uh, from the Duluth News Tribune, we always appreciate you uh, stopping by. Hopefully we get to put, put you back on the air at the Frozen Four because you have been a pretty much a mainstay there. So it would be nice to have you back for the third, uh, four, I'm sorry, fourth year in a row. <laughs> yeah, fourth fourth year in a row would, would be pretty, pretty incredible. And uh, as an old CCHA uh, reporter uh it wouldn't be bad to be back in the old home of the super six as well that's matt wellens of the duluth news tribune and the rink live and we'll be back with more of the game of the week podcast in a moment this is the uscho game of the week podcast from u.s college hockey online with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jim, let's take a look at some of the games going on around college hockey this weekend, starting out with the game of the week. Minnesota Duluth at Denver. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a really nice home test for Duluth. That'll be a good atmosphere, I would hope, inside Amsoil Arena. In uh, Denver, you know, when you have your the, the coach you're playing, acknowledging the fact that they're the best team in the country, as, as Matt Wellens pointed out, I mean, Denver is strong, and Denver has performed very well to this point. Every end of their team seems to be clicking, whether it's the goaltending. I love Stapley up front. He's a playmaker. He's a finisher. Uh, you know, I, I just think that this is a very good Denver team. So you're looking at, at Duluth. They're trying to kind of gain some momentum in the season. And obviously they, they're coming off a bye week, but two wins against Minnesota before that, you feel like you, you had a little momentum then it had to go on to pause. Um, you want to be able to pick up where you left off. This is a tough opponent. I think these are two really good hockey games uh, that have potential. I don't know if, as Matt said, that they're going to be two one games like they always were, but uh, you certainly have the potential for some pretty low-scoring hockey games here. In the Big Ten, the big matchup is a pair of games. Ohio State ranked at number nine this week at number five, Notre Dame. Yeah, both these teams are playing well out of the gate. Notre Dame, obviously, last weekend. Uh, they only took four of six points in their, in their conference. Uh, you know, They lost a three-on-three overtime uh, against Minnesota uh, on the road on Friday night. But they bounced back nicely, fell behind, and found way, a way to win. On Saturday, I like everything about the, the the way Notre Dame is playing right now. In Ohio State, there's not a lot of flaws in their game as well. And, uh, they get going. This is this you know could be these these are probably the top two technically on paper top two teams in the Big Ten right now. You might have to throw Penn State in there. I think Penn the, the, those that trio will be right there at the end fighting fighting it out for the league title. Um, but I think this is such an early season matchup. It's just this is kind of heavyweight hockey going against one another this weekend. Home and home in Hockey East as number 11 Providence uh, taking on unranked BU. Boston University needs to turn things around. I think both of these programs, you know, for that that matter, Providence, I, I don't think you have to hit a panic button because it was really just uh, last weekend that they didn't have the success that they wanted. But, you know, they, they're now winless in three and they're, they're trying to find their way. Uh, Boston University, listen, this is kind of the same story we've seen now for a number of years, uh, th that they get some great recruits, they're building a nice team, but the execution doesn't end up being there. And that's something that no matter who it is, whether it's Albie O'Connell or their captains or their players or their fans, that you, you got to have concern for that. And I think they're good. They've got enough players. They've got enough talent to be excellent. It's just making sure that that talent all works hard. Uh, to become the team that they, they have potential to be. Also in Hockey East, Maine is in for a pair at number 14, Lowell. Maine, off to a pretty good start. After their first weekend, yeah, you know, when they played in week zero, that kind of that first start weekend and got crushed by Providence 7 nothing. Then they went and played an exhibition game, lost that 5 nothing. And I'm saying, boy, here we go again with Maine, just not a good team. But they've really responded well. Just one loss since then. They've played teams tough. They've found ways to win. 
the question is how they'll play on the road. They've never been the greatest road team under Red Gendron. Uh, and that is one of the things they're going to go down to Lowell for both games. I mean, last week at home, they were excellent against Boston University. Getting three or four points could have easily been four or four. Um, I think that that is that one thing you have to kind of worry about is just being a road team and that, you know, it's a mentality. It's understanding how to play on the road. It's having the confidence to play on the road. Uh, so this will be a nice test for them. Lowell, they're off to a nice start themselves. Uh, they've had some slips along the way, but for the most part, this is a team. They've got Tyler Wall playing well in net. There, there should be a lot of confidence for the Riverhawks. When we turn to ECAC, Harvard has a pair of home games with a travel partner schedule. In ECAC, you have different teams each night. So number 18, Harvard, hosting Princeton on Friday. Number 15, Quinnipiac on Saturday. Quinnipiac licking its wounds after being swept at Arizona State. And Princeton having a good weekend at St. Cloud. Yeah, it's interesting here. You know, you've got a lot of these teams, they, they start so late. Harvard, Princeton, both part of the Ivy League. And, they you know, they're just in week number two. Quinnipiac, they've been going at it a little bit longer. And yeah, as you mentioned, not the greatest weekend out at Arizona State. Uh, Princeton, they, they have to feel really good about themselves. Scored a lot of goals out at St. Cloud State. Uh, you know, maybe didn't have the defense that they wanted because I think if they just got, you know, limited some of the, the St. Cloud offense, easier said than done, uh, they, they pull away with two wins out of that series. But they got three out of four points. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Harvard. They have high expectations, and they should. They've been a good team for the last few years, and uh, to know that they are going to host both of these games, that probably feels you know a little bit uh, gives them a little bit of an advantage. But they're they're not going to have two easy games here. Princeton's going to know that they're coming in playing well. Quinnipiac, they're obviously going to play at Dartmouth on Friday, um, but they're still going to come into Harvard on Saturday. They know that that those Harvard games are always kind of some of the, the big tests that they face in their season. So I think that's one to, to watch. It should be some pretty good hockey. In Atlantic hockey, RIT, <laughs> which is off to its best start at the division one level at six, one and one takes on an O and six Niagara in a home and home series. Niagara played Minnesota tough in the first weekend of the season came home and got swept at home by league foe Sacred Heart and then really got stomped on a bit by Denver last weekend. They're going to be hungry for a win out of the weekend. But one of the things that stands out to me is two uh, players that are going to be dependent on to score last year's Rookie of the Year in the conference, Ludwig Stenland, and also defenseman, senior defenseman Noah Delmas. Neither of them has a goal yet in those first six games. You know, I, I look at Niagara and they, you know, they've always been a team that exceeds expectations. And I think that this year, uh, you know, if you, if they've taken a quick step back early, I, I just don't think that that's going to be the way that this season goes. I, I know Jason Lammers really well, uh, having worked with him for a long time, and he, he knows how to get a team going. And I don't think they had an easy schedule to start here. That's part of it. They had a, a pretty difficult non-league uh, schedule to get going, and they, they're going to have to find a way to get it right. And RIT, that's probably not the first opponent they want to see on their schedule, knowing how well that they're playing right now. But, uh, you know, I, I also think of uh, Niagara and I think of Jason Lammers as a coach that finds way to wins game, win games that people don't think are winnable. And that's something that he's done for most of his coaching career. His team has done as well. So I, I'm interested to see what the outcomes of that one that is. Do, does home ice play into a uh, player factor in that series at all? You know, who knows? But I think that, you know, RIT has to be careful. They can't sleep on this weekend or they'll get run over by a Niagara team that's going to be really hungry. 
Finally, a non-conference matchup between ranked teams, number 12, Wisconsin, in for a pair at Omaha. Boy, Wisconsin needs things right right now. Uh, Omaha, I love everything that they've done. They uh, only got three out of four up in up in uh, Alaska Anchorage last weekend, but they're there. We know that they're pretty good. Wisconsin, they've got to find a way right now because they have the ability, they have the talent. They're kind of similar to what we talk about at Boston University. They maybe have looked better to this point in the year, but they've got to win games. You know, you you can have all the talent in the world, but you know they got shellacked uh, by by. Uh, Penn State last weekend. They've got to find a way to bounce back off that. You can't be giving up 10 goals in a weekend and only scoring three. That's not a good formula. This is a team that scored 11 goals at Merrimack just uh, less than a month ago. They have the the ability. They've got to find a way to put the puck in the net. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Game of the Week podcast. After the weekend, you can check out the Weekend Review podcast. We'll see what happened. And also, don't miss USCHO Spotlight Earlier this week, we talked to NCHC Commissioner Josh Fenton. For Jim Conley, I'm Ed Trefsker, and we'll catch you next time. This has been the USCHO Game of the Week podcast, a production of U.S. College Hockey Online. Visit uscho.com slash podcasts to listen or subscribe. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.